Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Today comes from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Now we know the writer of this book probably was the Apostle Peter, if you remember. Peter was one of the original 12 followers of Jesus. He was known as Simon Peter. His original name was Simon Bar-Jonah, Simon, the son of Jonah. But Jesus gave him a new name, Kepha in Aramaic, which is rock. And that's translated into Greek, it's Petros, what we commonly know as Peter. So this is Peter later in life, writing probably from the city of Rome. We pick up on that later in the book when he talks about Babylon, and Babylon is code language for Rome. He's writing sometime between probably 60 and 65 A.D. Some say probably around 63 is when he writes this book. This book is known to be a circular book, which means it's going to be distributed by various churches or to various churches. And these churches are going to be in Asia Minor, what we commonly call uh, or what we call today Turkey or the city of Turkey. But back then it was Asia Minor and various different people groups lived there, much different than who lives there today. Uh, a lot of different things were going on for these churches. Specifically, they're being persecuted. And we know that some extreme persecution took place in Asia Minor. In Asia Minor, you had a, a very pagan environment, a place very devoted to the emperor, in some ways even more so than Rome, believe it or not. Uh, the imperial cult, uh, this group of people, like a religion to the emperor, was alive and well, and the hotbed for that was in Asia Minor. So these churches were going through all kinds of persecution from the synagogue and the Jews and also from the Romans. So intense pressure. So Peter's going to write to these people that are really struggling, and you'll notice some highlights to his argument. uh, That they serve a cross they cannot see, just like we can't see Christ today. Peter was able to meet the historical Jesus But Peter gives them great hope. Even though you can't see Christ, he still reigns and God still has a plan. And one of the big themes you're going to find in the book of 1 Peter is we are part of God's plan. We are bound up with God's people from old, even the Old Testament. He's going to make that point in the reading today, that we're bound to that plan. That This is not all haphazard, but God planned this out in advance, this salvation through Jesus Christ. You remember in Acts chapter 2, verse 23, Peter makes that same point in his sermon that, you know, God, according to his foreknowledge, uh, delivered up his son to be crucified. This was part of the plan of redemption. He's going to bring that back out here in this reading uh, this morning. So with all that said, let's read uh, this passage this morning, and we'll go through and just look at some things that we can take from it. Once again, this is 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 through 12, and this is the English Standard Version. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power 
are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the test, the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of the cross and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you, and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. So Peter's making a really important point. Notice what he calls these people. He calls them elect exiles. You have been called by God. You are special. You have been scattered. And he also connects them to the nation of Israel. Think about the exiles that went into Babylon. Now, they were in captivity and they were struggling, but they were exiles. And he says, you guys are elect exiles. Later, he's going to call them resident aliens. And it's a reminder that even though you live in this world, you belong to another place. You belong to a heavenly kingdom. He brings that out when he talks about the inheritance that's kept for you in heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And we are here living on this earth as resident aliens. So that explains a little bit why they're being persecuted. They're not from this world. They're different. It's a reminder of who they are. So that's an important point to, to realize. The dispersion, this is a word that was used of the Jews back in the intertestament period. Jews had been spread out all over the planet. And so Peter is likening them to the Jewish people, to God's people. They are part of God's chosen people that go all the way back to Abraham. Then he talks about this foreknowledge of God, that this is part of God's plan. He would send his son. And part of that plan of sending his son is we would be sanctified. We're being called to obedience to King Jesus. That's part of God's plan. And then he talks about the great mercies we have and this living hope that would be so important for these people that are being persecuted. It's not just any hope, but a living hope, a hope that has a future, a hope that says our best days are ahead of us because of the resurrection from the dead. One day, that life will be unleashed and we'll be raised from the dead. So even though they may lose their lives, they've got a glorious future in Jesus Christ. And there's this power that's working the power that raised Jesus up is also working within us. And so he talks about these trials we have to, to be joyous, even in the face of trials. And the reason, and this is something we probably know to be true, these trials actually make us better. He's like, he's saying like gold refined in fire, you know, gold that would have dross and impurity, but when it's put through the fire, it's made gleaming and magnificent. And the same is true for us as we go through the fires of persecution and tribulation and hardship in our lives, we are made to be better people. Uh, the dross and the bad things are burned away, and what remains is our faith in Jesus Christ. 
And so it's something he says to rejoice in these trials. It's kind of a different way to look at it. Then he makes the point that we probably would agree with. We don't see Jesus right now. We see him through the eyes of faith. And he's saying, blessed, you know, you don't see him, but you love him. And I think we could say the same thing. Even in the Gospel of John, Jesus mentions this to Thomas when he talks about, you know, blessed are those that will not see me, but believe. Like, hey, Thomas, you demanded proof. You can touch me and feel me. I showed you my nail scars, but there'll be people come along later that have never seen me, but they will believe in me. And Jesus says a special blessing upon those people. So realize this this concept we see in Scripture that we don't see Jesus, but we're blessed because we believe in him, even though we can't see him. And this outcome of what Peter really wants is the salvation of their souls. That's really what's important to him, is the outcome of all of this is that they would be saved. And it is interesting that he notes that the prophets of old were working for us. The prophets we read about in the Old Testament, whether it be Isaiah or Jeremiah, any one of those great prophets, when they were writing their prophecies about the suffering of Jesus and the glory that he would have later, they were writing for us, for the future. And so they searched and they inquired and they thought about it. Even angels longed to look into this plan of redemption, which has been revealed to us. So Peter's telling them all kinds of benefits. He's telling them, hey, look, you're elect exiles. You're not just any old people. You're God's special people. You're called. You have this power at work in you. In you. you have this wonderful gift that's coming for you. Uh, even your hardships are going to be turned into good things. All this is for you. And this gospel that you've heard about, if you're a Christian, this knowledge that you have is something angels long to look into long ago. They wanted to see what God's plan of redemption would be. And the prophets kind of saw into a glass darkly. They knew a few things, but they didn't see it clearly like we do. And so we're special in that way that we know God's full plan of redemption. So today, I hope this writing to these early Christians encourages you on your walk as we fill a bond with those people from 2,000 years ago, the same kind of faith. We can't see Jesus, but we believe in him and we love him. We go through hardships as well, and we realize those hardships are going to refine us and make us better people. We'll be gleaming like gold. We can stand before the Lord and hear him say to us one day, Well done, my good and faithful servant. 